Good evening. <clears throat> we want to thank everyone for being here this evening. Thank you so much for t taking the time to, to be here with us, to study God's word, for making that choice and that decision to, to be here tonight. If, if you are visiting with us, thank you so much for being here. You have blessed us with your presence. I hope you find yourself edified and, and comfortable in the services here. And I, I hope that we all are edified by being here tonight, that we are blessed, that we are uplifted through the study of God's word, that we see the benefit in God's word, the benefit that we need, the wisdom that, that we need, and the understanding that, that we need as we study. <clears throat> as, as Franklin said, we, are, in, we are, are still doing our study in the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 26. We're going to do verses 1 through 35. <clears throat> one, of the, one of the reasons for that is that there are 75 verses in Matthew chapter 26. That's a lot of verses. <clears throat> Two is, is, is we, we are doing that because so we can split it up, try to give each verse its due diligence so that, that we can better understand it because 75 verses will be a whole lot to do in one, in one night. So Lord willing, Brother Ian, next week will complete this chapter with, with those last 40 verses there. So Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 35 are the, are, are the verses that we are going to study <clears throat> tonight. And I also put Mark chapter 14, Luke chapter 22, John 12, and John chapter 13 as well. We're not going to read all of those, uh, those chapters there. I put those chapters there because if you look at Mark chapter 14, Luke chapter 22, and some places there in John 12 and, and, and 13, they're very parallel with what we, we are studying with tonight. If you want to take notes or if you're taking notes and you want to go home and study and get a better complete picture of what's going on here with Jesus, with his disciples, with the Passover, with him being betrayed and all these things, Mark chapter 14, Luke 22, John 12 and 13 are, are other chapters you can go to to get that full picture there <clears throat> we are going to go to john some and mark mark some for, uh, as well as we are going through the study in matthew chapter 26 but i encourage you if you are, are, are wanting to study at home these these are, are are the chapters that parallel what we're talking about tonight and on, on that note i want us to understand as as in, in, in Isaiah chapter 28, verses 9 through 10, where the Bible says, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Then that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. Verse 10, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. As we have, have, have preached these verses several times, it is not just wanting to take one verse and out of context and use that verse for some reason that we want to look at everything in God's word. And there are many things that are in the Old Testament that are relevant to the chapter we're talking about tonight. There are things that, that we can look at, that we can pull from, that we can make a better understanding as we are looking at line upon line. And that's why I wanted to put those other chapters from those other books up there so we can know that we can look at each one of those and gain that picture, that we can gain those full precepts and understand what the Holy Spirit and what God and Jesus Christ wants us to understand to get from these studies. So starting in our chapter, Matthew chapter 26, verses one through two, the Bible says, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these things, he said unto his disciples, ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the son of man is betrayed to be crucified. 
So it says here, when Jesus had finished all these sayings, what sayings? Well, if you, if you go back and look at Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 23 and 24 and 25, Jesus has been teaching. Jesus has had his triumphant entry. He's come to Jerusalem and he has come into the temples. If, if, if you recall what Jesus did when he first came into those temples, he grabbed the tables and he overthrew them because they were selling merchandise and said, you've made my father's house a den of thieves, a den of merchandise, that he has been in the temple and he's been teaching in the temple. And the Pharisees there and the, and, and the, Sadduce, and the Sadduce, Sadducees, excuse me, have been in that temple as well. And they've been trying to trick him. They've been trying to catch him in his word. And that entire time, that's his audience. Is he's, he's, he's preaching or he's teaching to the people there. But he's also talking to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin council and all those people. So once he's finished all these things, he's pretty much saying, I have, I have done those things. I have taught you as well because he took his disciples aside and expounded unto them more. As, as well. And now Jesus is finished with those things. He's finished with that temple. He's finished with some of his teaching. And he's saying, now that all these things are done, but remember who he was talking to, who was trying to trick him, who was upset with them. It was the Pharisees. It was the chief priests. It was the scribes. Okay. Those were the people that were upset with him. And he's finished those sayings with those people. Then he says, you know, that after two days, uh, the, the feast of the Passover is nigh or, or is, is coming. And the son of man is to be betrayed and crucified. That's a very blanket statement. I mean, Jesus, in my mind, is somewhat trying to prepare these men for what's about to happen. He said, listen, the Passover is coming. And after that, guess what? I'm going to be betrayed. And I'm going to be crucified. It's going to happen. And he's telling them this. Then in Matthew chapter 26, verse 3, the Bible says, Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. So here it, 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 it says that the chief priests and the scribes and the elders assembled at this place or at this palace of, of this high priest. So we're going to read more about this high priest later on as we are starting to conclude the book of Matthew. But it says that they got together, they had a little meeting and they said, guess what? We want to murder this man. That's, that's, what, that, that's basically what they are saying. He's saying, listen, this Jesus Christ is ruining everything. He's taking our, our, our good stuff, our good spot. He's taking our rule, everything that we have. And they're saying, we want to kill him. But they said, but not during the feast because we don't want an uproar among the people. Because they knew that many of the people took him as the Savior, took him as the Messiah. If not, some took him as a great prophet at least. And they didn't want to just go killing the man during the feast and make this uproar. But it's very plain to me that they got together and they said, this guy needs to die. And we need to kill him. Matthew chapter 26, verse 6, the Bible says, Now when Jesus was at Bethany, so now he's at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box, a very precious ointment, and poured it on his head as he sat at meat, or as he sat at, at, at dinner. But when his disciples saw it, they had indignation. They were upset, saying, To what purpose is this waste? 
for this ointment might have been sold for much and given to the poor. So here he is in this house and in this house, just to set this up, Lazarus was a guest in this house. We can go to other verses and read that here. We're going to do that later. Martha and Mary are there as well. And the one that is anointing him is Mary. She's the one that has the box. She's the one that has the flask. When it says it's an alabaster box, it's the flask, a very precious ointment. Now, the statement's made, what a waste. We, we could have sold this for a whole bu- a bunch of money and given it to the poor. Just re- real quick, I, I want us to understand that this was probably a very expensive. It was not a cheap oil. It was not just regular oil. It was an alabaster flask, a very precious ointment. Could it have been sold for a lot of money? Yeah, Absolutely. But as we read here on later, we're going to go to John. We're going to see that the giving to the poor was not necessarily what was in their mind or in the person's mind who made the statement. But it said here that Mary, or it, it, it does not say Mary, but that is who it is that this woman came and she had this flask here and she poured this ointment on his head. And they're upset. They're saying this could have been sold and given to the poor. And then Jesus said in verse 10, when Jesus understood it, or, or, or when he realized what was going on, he said unto them, Why trouble ye the woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For, for ye had the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. Uh, 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 he's, he's again trying to prepare them that I'm not going to be here always. I just told you I'm about to be betrayed and be crucified. And it says, For in that hath she poured this ointment upon my body, she did it for my burial. Verily I say unto you, what, uh, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there, sh- there shall also this, that this woman hath done, be told for a memorial for her. So here Jesus says that she has done a good work. And he says, you're going to have the poor with you always. And that's just a statement. Jesus said, there's going to be poor people and you're going to have opportunity to do good for the poor. Jesus wants that done. He wants us to do, to do, do the same, to, 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 to give freely. But it says here that she has poured this woman on my, my, on my head for my burial. She's doing this for my burial. She's anointing him for death. That it says there that they poured this over his whole body. And I want us to remember that statement that she has poured this ointment on my body. She did it for my burial. This is wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world. This is also going to be talked about. This is also going to be done. This is going to be a memorial for her, for this woman. And to me, that's a wonderful statement. That there are many people in the Bible that we look at as Stephen the martyr, that, that we look at Paul and we look at Peter and those apostles in Acts that went about spreading the gospel to the known world, that went about uh, establishing churches. They did many wonderful things. But here, Jesus says, this woman has done a good work upon me. I'm not going to be here much longer. And she has taken this and she has anointed me. And I want people to remember her. And I want people to remember that she had done this. And I think that's very impactful. There are many men and women in the Bible that we see. But this is also someone special. This is someone that Jesus says, she's done this. And I want this to be a memorial for her. I want people to remember it. If you would, turn to me to John chapter 12, verse 2 through 8. In your... 
Bibles there. If you have your Bibles or a device that, that you can turn to, I should have said this earlier. I've got most of the verses up here on the board, but we're going to turn to the Bible and we are, are, are going to study it together. Here in, in John chapter 12, verses 2 through 8 is a, is, is a parallel event here of some things that are going on that we are studying here in Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> Actually, let's begin in John chapter 12, verse 1. <clears throat> and the Bible says, Then Jesus, six days before the, the Passover, came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper, and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. Then took Mary a pound of ointment of spikenard very costly and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the odor of the ointment. Then saith one of his, his disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, which should betray him. Why, had, why was not this ointment sold for 300 pence and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief and he had the bag and bear what was put, put in it. That means he had the money bag or the money box. That's what his job was. He had that. Verse 7, then Jesus said, let her alone against the, the day of my burying has she kept this. For the poor always ye have with you, but me ye have not always. So here Jesus says the exact same thing here. But here it specifically points out Judas as one of the people that, 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 that mentioned the price of that, that alabaster flask or that box of ointment. And the Bible clearly says there, he didn't care about the poor he cared about money. He was the one dipping his hand in the box. He was the one that was, was dipping his hand into that money. It says it clearly he was a thief. And he says that. And he was very upset. And Jesus rebukes him there the same. But as you see, it says that Mary was the one that had that ointment. Mary, who was the sister of Martha. Ladies that we have talked about and studied a lot here lately. And it says here that she poured it on his feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And imagine that. And I know some people don't like feet, but she went and washed his feet basically with this oil. But then, as I've studied, and sometimes when I study commentary, I don't agree with these people. But it's still good to study it. That these are two separate events. Well, they are not two separate events. They are the same event. That Jesus says there, as we read in Matthew chapter 26, that they poured that oil on my body, my whole body. That's the head and the feet. And if you go back and read her Old Testament studies, you'll see that when they pour the oil on the priest, it ran down their head, ran down their beard, all the way to the end of their garments. So she anointed his body for burial. And in John's account, he mentions her, her wiping his her, her, her hair, or her wiping his feet with her hair. And in, in, in Matthew, it, it does it. But I just want us to understand it, it is the same event that is, is Mary, the sister of Martha, that did the anointing. She's the one that poured the oil, and she's the one that did that as a good work and also she is the one that did it as in servitude for his burial the other thing is it specifically points out that judas is the one that that mentioned the, the money and I'm, I'm not saying that it was a direct thing that resulted in what judas did next and going to seek that opportunity to betray him but i, I think it was part of it i think it might have been the the last straw the little leap that got him because he he wants some money and now he's, up, he's upset and he goes and he basically gets more money. 
Matthew chapter 26, verse 14, the Bible says, Then one of the, the twelve, called Judas Iscariot, went unto the chief priests. We just talked about the, the chief priests. What were the chief priests doing? They were trying to figure out a way to kill Jesus. And said unto them, Judas here said unto the chief priests, What will ye give me? And I will, and I will deliver him unto you. And they uh, covenanted, or they counted out to him, 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought opportunity to betray him. So here it says that he asked for money. He said, I'm going to betray you. But he said, what are you going to give me? So Judas was a thief. They just gave up that money there. And that's not, not the only, only reason. But I think that ointment, that price for that ointment kind of led him a little bit here. And, and he says, what are you going to give me? And they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver. And that word <laughs> covenanted or counted out to him that as I studied it, 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 some people said it could have meant there was some haggling or some bargaining going on there. To me, the price was 30 pieces of silver. He got 30 pieces of silver. And now he's seeking opportunity to betray him. And that's the thing that really hits me. And I didn't highlight it in blue and I should have. See, Judas now is seeking opportunity to betray him. And as we study in, in, in John later, it, it talks about Satan entering him. And then he goes and does this thing. But I want us to understand this. Judas is the one that makes his choices. He is the one that is going about seeking opportunity. If you are going about seeking opportunity to sin, or if you are going about seeking opportunity to betray someone, that is a wrong mindset. And I'm not talking about us committing sin because we are weak in the flesh and we do things and we say things that we think things that we should not. I'm saying this person is seeking opportunity to do bad. And that's wrong. That is someone who is making his choices, who has made up his mind to do this thing. And he's going to find that opportunity no matter what. Matthew chapter 26 Verse 17, the Bible says, <clears throat> Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where wilt thou that we prepare for thee to eat the Passover? Verse 18, And, and he said, Go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The master saith, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover in thy house with my disciples. In thy house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. As I did some more studying, there was some confusion there in some people's mind that, that, the, that this was not necessarily the, uh, the Passover, that they did not keep the Passover. That it was a, a, se a separate deal because right after this, we talk about the Lord's Supper. Well, I want us to understand that the Bible says that they prepared the Passover. It's the Passover. That's what they are, are doing. And it says there that, that, that at this point, it doesn't say that they killed anything. Well, if you go look at Mark and you look at Luke, you will see that they killed the Passover. They killed that lamb. That is part of the, if someone says, let us prepare the Passover, well, they're going to kill the lamb and have some unleavened bread there. That's what is going to happen here. That says that Jesus said, I will keep the Passover in thy house of my disciples, and then they made ready the Passover. So that's what happened. It was time for the Passover, and they did it, and they had that lamb that, that they were supposed to kill. And if you remember from the Passover, from our study in Exodus, that they used to find that lamb that was without blemish. So we're going to study that here in a moment. And they would spread that blood upon their doorposts. That way, when the destroyer came to kill the firstborn, they would pass over that house. That's where that saying comes from. It also says there in verse 18, go in, into the city to such a man. 
I want us to uh, to look at because it's it's interesting to me and it's enlightening that if 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 we go to Mark chapter fourteen, I encourage you to turn there as we read that that, that parallel account that there's a little bit more detail there about exactly what G, what Jesus said in Mark chapter fourteen verse twelve. Mark chapter 14, verse 12, and the Bible says, And the first day of unleavened bread, when they killed the Passover, there it is, his disciples said unto him, Where wilt thou that we go and prepare that thou mayest eat the Passover? And he sent forth two of his disciples, and we're not going to turn to John, but if you look at John, it specifically says Peter and John. He sent out Peter and John, but here it says he sent out two of his disciples and said unto him, Go ye into the city, and there ye shall meet you a man bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him. And, and, and wheresoever he shall go in, say unto the good man of the house, the master saith, where is thy guest chamber where I shall eat the Passover with, with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared there make ready for make ready for us and his disciples went forth and came into the city and found as he had said unto them and they made ready the passover so to me it's it's it's, it's not just interesting it's also edifying that jesus says listen i'm going to give you some detail where are we to to to, to eat the passover you're going to find a man not only are you going to find a man he's going to be carrying a, a pitcher of water very specific and it probably was specific looking to those people they probably saw this man carrying this pitcher of water and said, that's what Jesus said. And they started following him, saying, where's your, your, your guest chamber? And he said, it's all ready. There's an upper room, it's furnace, it's ready for you to, to eat, the, eat the Passover. So to me, it's very encouraging. And you see that, that Jesus can give those very detailed things when it comes to those questions, the detailed things when it comes to things like the Passover, things that need to be done. Exodus chapter 12, verses five through six. I want to encourage you if you uh, uh, to go back and look at Exodus chapter 12 that talks about the uh, the Passover the preparation of the Passover the unleavened bread we're going to we're not going to read the verses on unleavened bread but if you keep on reading Exodus chapter 12 past verse 6 excuse me you'll get to that unleavened bread but I want to point these verses out specifically because I think there are some connections being made or some connections that Jesus is, 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 is making here with that Passover, ending the Passover and then going to the Lord's Supper. In Exodus chapter 12, verse 5 to 6, the Bible says, this is speaking of the Passover, your lamb shall be without blemish. A male of the first year, ye shall take it out, of the, out from the sheep or from the goats and ye shall keep it Keep it up until the 14th day of the same month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. So the Passover had to do, not just had to do the the unleavened bread as well, but had to do with the lamb, but not just the lamb. It had to do with the lamb that was without blemish, a lamb that was without spot. And And this is the specific type of lamb that they needed to find and they needed to kill in order to eat the Passover. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 through 21. Here the Bible says, For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, 
but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained from the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who by him do believe in God that raised him up from the dead and gave him glory that your faith and hope might be in God. So we see these verses here speaking of Jesus saying, you are not redeemed by corruptible things. You're redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, that you are redeemed by Jesus Christ, who is the lamb without blemish and without spot. You see that, that, that similarity there. You see those things. As the Bible tells us that the Old Testament were a shadow of things to come. The law or the old law was a shadow of things to come. And we see some of those things here kind of unfolding here. We, we, we kind of see a little bit of light from that shadow that if you study the Old Testament and you look at the Passover and you look at the law, it's preparing you for Jesus. And here they are eating the Passover and the Passover is done and Jesus is about to institute the Lord's Supper. And you kind of see some of those connections there. That Jesus is the lamb without spot and without blemish. And he is the only lamb whose blood can cleanse us from our sins. Matthew chapter 26 Back, back to our, our, our text in verse 20. The Bible says, now when the evening was come, he sat down with the twelve. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful, so, uh, sorrowful and, began with, and began every one of them to say unto him, Lord, is it I? So here it says, Now evening has come. And to me, that's an ending. The Passover that they kept is over. And now they are sitting at a table. And it says, Now that he has sat down, with with the twelve, or or, or they are at least sitting down together. And as they did eat, he said, "Verily I say unto you, one of you shall betray me." And they were exceedingly sorrowful. Jesus just lays it out plain. He tells every one of them, "I'm about to be betrayed by one of you," and they're upset. Obviously, I would be upset upset too if my Lord and Savior looked at me across the table and said, "One of you is going to uh, to betray me." And they were exceedingly sorrowful, and every one of them said, Lord, is it I? So were they completely sure? No. They were asking, is it I, is it me? Then verse 23, he says, and he answered and said, he that dippeth his hand with me in the dish, the same shall betray me. The son of man that goeth as it is written of him, but woe unto that man of whom the son of man is betrayed. It had been good for that man if he had not been born. Then Judas, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, Thou hast said. It's pretty much that is the confirmation. Judas Iscariot said, Is it me? And Jesus said, Yeah, it's you. And Judas already knew that. Why? He was already seeking opportunity to betray him. But he says it there. Jesus, Jesus says that he that dippeth his hand with me in the, in the dish shall betray me. And as we look here in a moment at, at John, it's said a little bit differently, but it's the same. Judas asked, is it me? Jesus said, yes, it is you. And you already know that it is you. <clears throat> then Judas, which be, 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 betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? And he said unto him, that it has. How, how do you think Judas would have felt? Judas already knew he was going to betray him. He got money in his pocket. He is seeking opportunity to betray him, but he looks across and sees Jesus and says, is it me? And Jesus says, yes, that must be quite the feeling. Let's look at that same account in John chapter 13, please. Turn to John chapter 13, verse 21. John chapter 13 
Verse 21 through 30. John chapter 13, verses, verse 21, the Bible says, When Jesus has thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked one on another, doubting of whom he spake. Now there was, was, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved, Simon Peter, therefore beckoning to him that he should ask, who it should be of whom he spake. <clears throat> he then, lying on Jesus' breast, saith unto him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, said, he, he, uh, he it is to whom I shall give a sop or a piece of bread when I have dipped it. And when he had, had dipped the sop, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. And, that, and, and after the, the, the sop, Satan entered in, into him, and Jesus said unto him, that thou doest, do, do quickly. Now, no man at the table knew what, what in, in, intent he had spoken to him. For, for some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, buy those things which we need against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. He then having received the sop went immediately out and it was night. So here that's that, that same account that, they, that, that Peter said, who is it? Jesus says, it's somebody that I, whoever I give this piece of bread to. And it was Judas Iscariot. And then, then he says, what you're going to do, do quickly. So see, Jesus already knows what is, is going to happen. And Jesus already knows what he wants to happen. He wants this betrayal to happen. He's already got the money. So there, it's, 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 it's the same account there that, that Jesus is saying that it is you. But he also says, what, what you're going to do, do quickly. See, Jesus knows that he's about to be crucified. He's going to suffer. That is something that's going to be very difficult. But Jesus will do the will of God. Back to our text in Matthew chapter 26, verse 26. The Bible says, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say unto you, I will not drink henceforth of this fruit of the, of the vine until the day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. So here Jesus is instituting the Lord, Lord's Supper. Here Jesus is, is, is giving this Lord's Supper here. And the Bible says there, I'm sure why my slide jumped. <clears throat> Just to make it clear that it said Jesus took the bread and he took the cup. Jesus is the one that made that, that, that gave us this Lord's Supper. Jesus is the one that instituted it. He is the one that wants it to be done like this. That I, I want us to understand that it's not man, it is God, it is Jesus who has set up this way to remember him. This, memor uh, this memorial here. And if you re re remember from the book of John, it says that if you don't eat my flesh or drink my blood, you have no life. And Jesus is giving us this way here. It says that this is my blood that is the New Testament. This is the new contract. That my blood is shed for many for the remission of sins. To cleanse sins. And it says this fruit, this fruit of the vine that represents it and this bread that re represents my body. And I want us to understand that it is Jesus who has instituted this. 
1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23 through 20, 26, Paul also speaks on this, where he said in verse 23, For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, which is what we are studying right now. And when he had, had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And after the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, The cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death until he comes. And that's why we still do that right now. That we still, we still do that upon the first day of the week. That we do it often. That we eat this bread and we, and we drink the fruit of the vine. Though that we show the Lord's death until he comes. But that we also remember the, the, the Lord's death. That to me it is so profound, it is so important, it is so crucial, it is so bedrock for us, this Lord's Supper. Matthew chapter 26, verse 30, here the Bible says, and when they had sung a hymn, they went out into the Mount of Olives. Then said Jesus unto them all, then said unto Jesus, all ye shall be offended because of me this night. For it is written, I will smite the shepherd, and the sheep of the flock shall be scattered abroad. But after I am risen again, I will go before you into Galilee. So here Jesus is still telling them what is happening. Jesus is not holding anything back. He's saying, I'm going to be betrayed. I'm going to be crucified. I'm just pointing out my betrayer. He's seeking opportunity to betray me. This is all happening, whether we like it or not. It's happening. And Jesus said, now all of you are going to be offended because of me. And that's quite the statement. I mean, these men have been following Jesus around for years, right? They have given up everything to follow Jesus, to be his disciples, to learn from him. And he's saying, this night, it's not going to be good. This night, all of you are going to be uh, offended by me because the Bible says that I will smite the shepherd and he is the good shepherd. I will smite the shepherd and the flock is going to be scattered abroad. Matthew chapter 26, verse 33, Peter answered and said unto him, though all men shall be offended because of thee, yet will I never be offended. Jesus said unto him, verily I say unto thee that this night before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice or three times. Peter said unto him, though I should die with thee, yet will I not deny thee. Likewise also said all the disciples. So here Peter is saying, what's wrong with what Peter is saying? Nothing. Peter is saying, a, he, he is making a statement. It, no matter if everybody else is going to be offended, I'm not going to be offended. There's nothing wrong with what Peter said. Then, then he said, Peter, when the cock crows three times, you're going to deny me three times. It's going to happen. And he said, I would die with you. Have we ever said something that no matter what happens, I will never do that? And then guess what? We do it. Why? Because we are weak in the flesh. That's why we need Jesus. That's why we need our Savior. That's why we need his blood. But I want us to understand because sometimes we give Peter a bad rap. And I've, I, I, I've actually really enjoyed Peter through the book of Matthew because he always opens his mouth and gives us the opportunity for Jesus to teach and see things that we probably would say the same thing that Peter does. But it says here, likewise also said all the disciples. It wasn't just Peter. They all said it. They all said, we will not leave you. We will not be offended. We are with you to the death. Well, obviously that, that is not the case. But as we continue to study, we'll see that even though Peter does exactly what Jesus says, Peter 
comes back from that. And it's very encouraging as we as we end this study here tonight that there are times that we are like Peter and we say those things and we fall short. Can we get back up? Can we continue? Absolutely. That's why Jesus went through all the stuff that we're about to study. That's why he was crucified. So we'd have the opportunity to repent and do those things because that New Testament hangs on Jesus's blood. If there's someone here, here tonight who has not been redeemed by that blood, if there's someone who here is not a Christian and wishes to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior to arise and walk in newness of life, we have water here. We are, are pre prepared to assist you with that. If you are having trouble in your life or there's something that you're dealing with and you need the prayers of the church, we would love to pray with you or for you or if we can help you in any way. We'd ask that you would please come sit on the front row and, ma and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.